Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. It was the perfect storm this week. And I say that because in our little family here, we had a death in the family. We had an apartment fire and we had a flood all in the same weekend. And it wasn't any of us, obviously. Vonnie's here and Josh Lupton right. is here. Hello. Hello. Um, but we had all those other things and it just happens sometimes where you go through. So you think you have everything figured out, but really you do not. That's when life kicks you right in the balls. Yep. Yep. But you just pick yourself up off the floor. Dust those balls off and get right after it. Keep going. <laughs> Josh. Crawl back up on that I think horse. you guys have ever been kicked in the balls before. That's not how it happens. <laughs> we don't have any balls. No, sorry. We have to borrow them. First off, you don't get up off the floor. <laughs> not for a while. I wear my balls on my chest, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I keep mine in my purse. <laughs> Those are your husbands? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I had I... to give those back when I got a divorce. <laughs> it was in the degree. Please get balls back. Is that how that works? So please. To next wife. <laughs> the next wife gets to take possession of the balls. Yeah. Possession of balls goes too. Man. Drum roll, please. And in your case, that's especially true. <laughs> right? Because he, he got married, like, right after. Like, the weekend after we got yeah. divorced, he wow. went to he's Arkansas and got married. He's not capable of being married. He's not capable of being single. He's one of those guys that, Has like, goes somebody. into a panic attack if he's not married and marries huh. the first woman he sets eyes on. Well, really now, creepy. this one, he actually was living with the whole time that we were get, getting divorced. So, Oh, the one that he left you for, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you but know. But the, the next one in line, he got married pretty much two sight weeks. unseen. <laughs> Some chick he was dating on the internet. Lovely man. For two weeks, flew to yeah. Alabama, married her, and then came back. Yeah. Wow. And you think that stuff only happens in the in the funny papers, but no, no it does no, really. It does not. But he's still married to her, so I guess, you know, teach their own. Yeah. <laughs> now that we're not disparaging Bonnie's ex anymore. <laughs> it's a good thing he doesn't read. Well, I don't know if that's a phrase that I would want to repeat. It's a good thing he doesn't read. I don't think that applies. It's, it's a, a good thing, thing he doesn't listen he to doesn't the podcast. Listen to this, then. <laughs> Why do you think I had to leave him? He didn't read. Yeah, what a jerk. Anyways, perfect storm. So we had cancellations. Josh is because, our hero because, because Kelly he was going to fill in for Nicole, and then Kelly's apartment caught on fire. And Giselle, who's one of our sales girls, was going to come on and talk to us about why she likes to read smutty girl novels, <laughs> which we, we were going to grill her on that. You know, since we're not smutty romance readers, we wanted to see what all the all the hubbub was all about. <laughs> but then she had a flood because you know we had a a massive storm here yesterday, <laughs> and it even. Honestly, straight line winds don't really affect us very often. It's usually tornadoes. But this one was 
bad. It not we, there's a there's a a big arch at the fairgrounds that that is qu- was quite large and it is now lying on the ground. Oh wow! The arch went down. Wow! From straight line winds, yeah. it blew a bunch of bleachers from one of the soccer fields into somebody's house. Wow. Tons of trees snapped in half. I mean, it was one bitch of uh, uh, straight line windstorm. Yeah, uh, showed... I-40 was shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was power a power lines. was out all over yeah. this. And I had a live broadcast yesterday from 12 to 4, and it was just pouring the entire time. Were you outside? No. They tried to put us outside because we were at the outlet so. mall, but they, they put us inside, thankfully. the equi- We would have been instantly mm-hmm. electrocuted. Put all that electrical equipment out with, with heavy rain. Yeah. Yes. No. And the sad thing is, is I slept through the whole thing. I didn't even she know did. it stormed until <laughs> she had no idea until I turned on, on the news and I was like, "What happened? Where was this? Right down the street from my house, and I didn't wake up." The weather radio went off three times at my house. Wow. Once at three thirty, once at five, and then once again at five oh five. So there was no way I was going back to yeah. sleep. It and I like, have I have it on my phone. In another room. So my I phone did. had to have been going off. Yeah. Right next to my head. I think I I'd wake l- up. be a little worried about that if I were you. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to start calling you when my weather radio goes off. <laughs> Bonnie, did you wake up? <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie, there's a tornado headed for you. Wake up. <laughs> Get off the second floor. Yeah, really. It would be like, uh, we'll have to go over and retrieve Vonnie from underneath the house. And no, I won't steal your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you better not. I deserve I those ruby slippers. <laughs> Just because I was daddy's favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So books, did we have any good things this week happen in, in, in the book world? We should let Lupton go first. He never gets to go uh, first. That's I true. I never do go first. <laughs> um, well, Sure. Kind of caught me by surprise, so I had to pull out an old one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was sorry about that. It was kind of like okay. I called him at uh, what was it, one o'clock? Something like that. Yep. Yeah, one o'clock, and we were doing it at three because we had to do it on Sunday this week. And he's like, "Uh, sure, <laughs> <laughs> I could be there." It's okay. I don't have anything else to do today. Yay! I'm just gonna go home and sleep. But anyways, you can so, sleep anytime. That's true. So, so I pulled out uh, an old book. Well, I guess a, a series of books, rather, because I could break it down into each one, but I'd have to come back for like a 10-part thing. <laughs> 10-part so there's, a lot of, there's a lot of books in it. Josh Lupkin, our reoccurring guest. <laughs> call Lupkin again. She keeps calling Lu- you Lupkin. Lupkin. There's a lot of people Lupkin. that call me Lupkin. I don't know it's why weird. I do that. It's because you're so cute. What is Lupkin? Nothing. Oh. It's Lupton. It's Lupton. Lupkin, oh, Lupton. <laughs> sorry, maybe I drank some mimosas with breakfast too. <laughs> I think I must have had a fifth of vodka for breakfast. Oh, Brain so fog, p- me? No. <laughs> well, since I don't like orange juice, it was basically just vodka in a glass. <laughs> but I think mimosas is not vodka. It's no, it's champagne. Not champagne. I know. But, but you don't like champagne either. It's so. for the rich people. I'm not rich. <laughs> not Andre. Andre's like $7 a bottle. Is it? Mm-hmm. Super cheap. It's not very good, but it's yeah. super cheap champagne. Yeah. If you put it with orange juice, it's not too bad. But I don't like orange juice. That's a problem. What yeah. else could I put yeah, it with? That's a problem. No. There's not much you could... Pineapple juice? 
Maybe. Ooh, that'd I like, be pretty good. I like pineapples. That might so be then it right. wouldn't be that'd a be mimosa anymore. Be a, like an island mimosa. It'd be like so our how, own what would twist. That be called? A Mimi Mo Mimosa? <laughs> now, Martha, you know that normal is boring. <laughs> Sorry. I want to start making shit Where's up. Where's the Nerf gun? <laughs> hey! They're in your car. God. We left them in your car. Dang <laughs> it. I need something to throw. Let me borrow your little Starbucks thing. <laughs> I'll get you a piece of paper and you throw balls of paper. <laughs> Do I have a straw? I can make it spit balls. Anyways, Ender's Game. Uh, yes, the Ender Series. Uh, series, sorry. Yes, uh, because there are currently four books in the main series and one, two, three, four, five in the Shadow Series. So it would be a nine-part series. Um Anyways, the main series, I read it first. Um, now, everybody, it, um, let me just interrupt okay. you one second. Ender's Game is the one that they made a movie out of. Yes. So, there uh, are people listening that will probably know the movie. However. Okay, and here's my opinion on that movie, because this is one of the first like books I ever like called my favorite book was Ender's Game, and I was in like the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And... So I've read it probably more than I've read any other book. Just the first one, not the whole series. But I liked the movie, and it was well done, and it was pretty, mm-hmm. but it was rushed. You know, it just felt like they were trying to get to the next thing as soon as they That's could. there's not enough time. Two right. hours is not enough no, time. No, they needed to make it a three-part movie mm-hmm. for it to be fully done. And was it just two parts? No, it was, no, it was, it was just was one movie. It was just an hour and yeah. a half long or yeah. something. It was not. I know absolutely nothing about the movie or the books. So. Um, All right, well, I'll let you. Yes. <laughs> I'm an Ender's Game virgin. Okay, so Woo! here we go. <laughs> Cherry popping time. Um, <laughs> And that's especially poignant because we're actually eating cherry pastries right now. <laughs> the cherry poppin' daddy. Be gentle. Okay, so uh, Ender's Game, it's... Ender is a kid, his name is Andrew Wiggins. Um, and this is, I think probably 50 or 60 years from now is when it's set. Um, and... There has been, when the book starts, there has been previously uh, two invasions by this alien race that we call the Buggers. Mm-hmm. And both times they'd been fought off. Um, and so they're still training people to fight, but they're training kids. And so they're mm-hmm. fighting like the smartest and the most you know, talented kids in the world to bring them onto this military school and start training them for battle. And um, he's in the program. Mm-hmm. and But he's a third. Right, he's a third. And there, there's po- like strict population laws where they live in the U.S. And you can't have more than two children unless the government approves you to have a third. And it's only in special cases. And he's which, the third. In and the he's third the third. Because beca- of the first two of his family. They were, they were both super smart. Uh, okay. But his oldest brother was a little too violent and his older sister was a little too nice. And Mm -hmm. so they hoped by getting a third one that he'd be right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so his existence is basically just to be in battle school. Mm -hmm. And neither of the first two actually made it because 
of the reasons I just said, uh, but he actually ends up getting in, mm-hmm. and he excels like a maniac. I mean, he's he's just takes to it like a duck to water. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to be there. It was by tra- well, his choice. Sort of, you know. I mean, he does. He didn't get to at, pick. Right. He didn't get to pick at all. Like, that was the whole reason that his and parents were allowed was, to have him. How old was he when they took him? Six? Yeah. Six. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's so little. Yeah. yeah. Itty bitty. Dang. Um, so, I mean, they told him, they gave him a choice. But he was six years old. he was old. six years old, and they yeah, were like, well, really you know, you, we're not going to kill your family if, if well, they didn't say that specifically, but it was it was an, a thinly veiled threat. Mm. I, I felt like it was. Like they, it was they manipulated. Like you had a choice, but you didn't they have They manipulated him, and for a six-year-old. That's easily done. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Anyway, no, so so he he goes up to battle school and he's smaller than basically everybody else there, and so they're all treating him like shit. Uh, but he's also smarter than everybody else there, so they're also treating him like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people running battle school realize that he is more likely to succeed in what they need done than anybody else in the school. And so they're kind of shaping and manipulating the school around him to kind of isolate him from everybody else so he doesn't get too close and get, you know, too empathetic mm-hmm. and unable to maybe send a fleet off later on in life for fear that somebody might die and he might feel guilty. They've had a lot of people mm-hmm. to manipulate over the years to see what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So they've... They've they've gone through all of these different phases of how to train people, and it's come to this point. Yeah. So they so they're using all of those techniques. So and, they don't want him to get too close to anybody because then he'll feel bad if they die in battle. Right. I mean, even if it's not somebody that he knows, he might still feel bad that somebody's dying in battle. So they have to work to keep him. By himself at first, by, you know, pumping him up to be better than everybody else. So everybody in this barracks kind of hates him and shuns him. And then later on, by giving him his own squadron. um, But being so young, the other squadron leaders shun him. And being the squadron leader, he can't really just hang out with his crew. But tell about the game. The reason it's called Ender's Game. And so there is... uh, Basically, it's a game, um, but it's really it, it's it's formation training for later on in fleets. And so, every house basically is a little army, and they go into this uh, zero G room. It's just a big round room, and they have space battles essentially, and they have big obstacles in there that are stars and uh, the object of the goal is to get through the enemy's gate so you have to get four people over there to push their helmets on the points and then one to walk through and so there's a big scoreboard in the cafeteria so it's kind of a you know it's a competition between the whole school who's better than who 
And it's an ongoing competition. Right. But actually, let me interrupt again. I know you're going to hate my guts, but time we're done with this because I have read do you this want, one. Do you want the paper? Do you want me to go Not with yet. that? Not yet. That Nerf gun? Okay. <laughs> what I meant by Ender's game was the game that he plays. Oh, the VR? Yes. Oh, yeah. I was getting to that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting to that. Okay. Um, and so that that's their main training simulation for the school. Um, and they're, they have laser pistols and they're wearing like suits and if you get shot with a laser pistol it paralyzes it rigidifies mm-hmm. um so whatever part you get shot in you freezes and you can't move it which is kind of a funny visual when you're when you're yeah. reading the book it talks about them seizing up right because <laughs> i had this great picture in my mind even before the movie came out of all of these stiff you know, people in stiff just suits like not being floating. able to move. Yeah. Just floating just in this. floating yeah. because it's zero because G in there. They, mm-hmm. they can't like push off anything. Hmm. <laughs> just floating around out there in zero gravity. Kind of like freeze, tra- freeze tag, freeze with, tag a, right. with a twist. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Ender's, uh, well, the game that he plays, it's, um, what do they call it? The the adventure well, game or the something one that like plays that. With them, I found it interesting because... The way that they are able to determine his state of mind and the state of mind of all of the cadets is they provide downtime with this adventure game. It's very innocuous, mm-hmm. very um, seemingly irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And he's able to go through and just sort of play around and there, it's a it's a goal oriented game. Right. And where yet you're supposed to be able to get to a certain ending, but then he reaches the ending and he realizes there's no way he can win. He can't win the game. So Ender actually finds a way to win the game. And a game that's not a supposed game to be not, not winnable. To be so he's six so years old. smart. He's six years he old. He figures it out. Right. Yes. Mm. So well, he's not six by that point. No, he's, I think he's, I think he's like or nine, nine or ten by then. But. But they're able to follow his progress through his alone time Mm. with this game. And and each step that he takes is analyzed. So it's interesting because you can kind of see how... I thought it was a brilliant way of... They were able to look exactly how they could determine what his state of mind was at all times. Without making it obvious to him that he was being watched or manipulated mm. in any way he has no idea so i thought that was particularly brilliant that is interesting to find a way to monitor a child i mean you might i think that has application no it's awesome yeah absolutely hmm. not that you'd want to manipulate your own children but it'd be a great way to determine their hey. state of mind manipulations just got a bad stigma to it i, agree. I mean well, it I agree. depends on what you, how, what because the manipulation yeah, is. Right. I mean, because you can manipulate, you know, just the way kids learn. Well, yeah. To make and them learn better. If you think better. about it, we manipulate our kids to be better people. Right. Well, we try anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, manipulation try. is just forming things the way they need to be. Then they become teenagers and <laughs> you don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then no matter how they are good they are up to a certain point, the hormones kick in and all everything's out the window. <laughs> then they're being manipulated And that's another good point things. because the hormones are part of this whole process mm-hmm. that they've developed 
to train these kids that that's part of the reason they train them young. Mm-hmm. That's it's, why they grab them away from their parents. Is so when the hormones kick in, they are already. Well, the, yeah, they've got that laser focus, and so they just hormones kind of come up and push amp it, it up, yeah, and push it to the direction mm-hmm. that they want it right. to be. That they've had the the group has had enough time to form that per that person into who they want mm-hmm. him to be, if or to what he's gonna be. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always work, obviously, because in case in point with his brother, who turned out to be way too aggressive yeah. for the program, super psychopath. Which, uh, which he actually yeah. is, yeah. like a legitimate psychopath. He just has no remorse and is super smart he, for and one. He, um, and he f- uh, figures prominently. In oh, actually, that's another good dynamic from the book. He, um, it follows Ender mostly through the story, but it also goes back to Earth. Because the the training facility is in space, mm-hmm. which is how they have the zero g um, facility. But it goes back on Earth, and it talks about like it follows uh, his brother Peter and his sister Valentine, who they end up creating these um, online personalities so they can make like huge political arguments. Mm-hmm. And since they're online, nobody can tell that they're children. You know, they take them seriously. But it follows them, and they go from just writing, you know, little stuff, and maybe a few people reading to to actually like being in like invited to national debates. Is that the first really? one? Or is That's that the first one. Okay. And this yeah. is when they're kids. This is when yeah. they're kids. Well, they're all super smart. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, they're like all geniuses. All... And yeah. I mean, the parents are geniuses too. That's why they were allowed to have Ender. Hmm. Yeah. It's really. Go- the guy who wrote this is... Yeah, no, Orson Scott Card is yeah, an amazing I mean, author. Yeah, he is a particular yeah, kind of he's genius. awesome. Yes. And not only this series, I've read probably three or four or five of his other books, and they're yeah. all crazy, yeah, but he's, they're he awesome. incredible. Wow. Yeah. But um, the series goes on for four books, and then there's the, the Shadow series, which follows... Um, not really the secondary cast, but his uh, Ender's best friend and... Kind of all his other equals, mm-hmm. um, and it follows them as they go back down to Earth after battle school, and as they're growing into adults, and they're all going back to their own countries mm-hmm. um, and taking over like the, their country's armies, which are then trying to go to war with each other. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it, oh. it really is a very uh, intimate honestly, series. It like, sounds like it's. But extremely. don't be put off if you didn't like the movie. I think is, is yeah. The moral no, of the the, story. the movie doesn't do the book justice. Just just because it went through it too quick. Right. There's not enough to grab onto to really see the the genius of the way the plot is mm-hmm. formed. You know, it just sort of skims over. And, and that is the nature of a movie, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And the book itself was not very long. No, not at all. It was all. like maybe 250 pages. Something like Tiny that. little book with major punch. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. And the the main series has a little more science fiction to it. Um, it's still awesome. Uh, granted, the third book in it is actually gets to be some pretty hard, hard science sci-fi. fiction. Yeah. yeah. I've read those, but, too. But, um, and then the the fourth one is a lot more political than the other three. But if you follow the series, you understand the science fiction. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah it's, it, not... It's, it's not like brain boggling science fiction. It's just really outlandish things that 
But the gr- great that thing is, is it's, so, it's, it's a character-driven story, so it doesn't feel... Like hardcore? Like, it, yeah. <laughs> so you're able to follow these characters. And it's not a lot of like technical science fiction either. Yeah. It's just almost like fantasy science fiction. So he eases into it very well. Oh, absolutely. Well. Okay. Yeah. Because like me, who doesn't read science fiction that much, if I... You know, started with something like the first one. By the time I got to the third mm-hmm. one, I would still understand what was. Oh happening. yeah, for sure. Okay. And you definitely right. know after you read the first one, since it's so short, whether or not you'd be interested in going forward. Right. Because that book alone, on its own, is an excellent oh, story. It's awesome. It's a standalone story on its own. Hmm. And then the the Shadow series. It's got. It's mostly political, but it's got a great action element to it with a bunch of espionage and even a little romance to it. And this is the last book? This is the, the Shadow series. It's five books. It's, it's, Does it kind, go kind on? Enders goes into Shadows? Enders yeah. goes four books. Well, and it, it, the chronological overlap. space of it would be Enders Game and then I think the entire Shadow series and then the other three books from the main series. Oh, okay. So no, the I never read the like... Shadow series. All I read were the ones that were directly Ender. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like a series on its own that's connected to the Ender's game. Right. Yeah. Okay. So like right. it would be right. if it were fan fiction, but it's not. It's the same author. Right. Okay. It's just a bunch of the main characters and it follows their stories instead of Ender's. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. In fact, I think I need to read the Shadow series. Oh, I didn't, you do need to read the Shadow series. I didn't read it's that one. All I read is ridiculous. Really Honestly, I think I'm just going to re- reread the whole series again. <laughs> like you all nine books. You got to read something new so you can keep coming on the show, Josh. I will, I but know. because you know, when Martha goes on vacation, we're going to need somebody who's reliable. <laughs> so yeah. can I call you? Uh, by I the way, you I gave I her somebody? your number earlier today. Good. Is that okay? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I can call you if I need you. Maybe. Uh-huh. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> can I call you maybe? <laughs> so you got to read some other stuff too. I mean, it's okay if you keep reading them. It's just I mean, Martha doesn't go on vacation for a while. You not till well, dude, it's like a month away. No, it's not even a month away. I'm going the first part of June. Well, that's that's a month away. It's, it's a month away. away. It's not even May yet. It's yes it is. Is it? Oh, no, I guess no, it's tomorrow. the 30th. I was going to say, don't rush but, us. But it's into... one day from May, which means it is one month and six days until I go on vacation. Okay. Or seven days. I don't like when you're gone. I know, I know. We're trying to figure out, we're going to ask our engineer, the, uh, the Honorable Mikey, if he can set it up for me to Skype from, from location. That'd be cool. Which would be ultra super cool, because then I could that would be cool. I could Skype from my sister's place in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Which would be awesome. That would be cool, but we need somebody who can run the board because I you can't put me in front of that many buttons. And I can run the board. I think Josh knows how to do it. So I would not know what to push. I'm very much not the leader of this book club. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one of us that doesn't have any training in the. In the uh, uh, radio business. But that's okay because you have so many other beautiful talents. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. We totally okay. got off. Anderson. No, but I'm, I'm done. Anyways, okay. I'll give it a, a 12 out of 5. Um, uh, read the whole series. So definitely for sci-fi the, fans the title and even and for... artists. Okay. Uh, Ender's Game or the Ender Series by Orson Scott Card. 
Um, definitely and, read. And I I read it actually um, twice. The first one I read twice. Because when I found out they were going to make a movie of it, I wanted to go back. And oh, and there is still one book that he's working on. Revisit. Is this the one that one time we were talking about in... I asked you if it was kind of like the last Starfighter. Kind what, of. What no, book was that that we were talking no, about? That, well, was that Armada? Was it? It might have been Armada, Armada by uh, um, what's his name? Shoot, you did the one it. you did last week. He has a book. Ernest Klein has a book called Armada. Yep. Have you read that yet? No, I haven't. You need to read that, dude. I know. You're gonna freak when you read that. Now, I didn't think that it was as good as Ender's Game, but it parallels. Very cool. In many ways. It's, it's, in my opinion, a little too cinematic. Huh. It feels like a movie already. That's cool. No, I don't like it when they do that. No? No. I usually picture them like movies when I read anyways. Well, so do I, but when, I, when it's so obvious, I don't like that. If I can, if I can see, see it too clearly and it doesn't have the depth that I want, mm. then it makes me cross. So. I can understand that. But Armada was very, very much... Like, in fact, that's my challenge to you. You need to read Armada. I will. So that you can do a uh, <sighs> review. Do a so something. See what you think. I will. Okay. I like Ernest Klein. Yeah, he's good. All right. Who's next? Who wants to go next? Me or you? I don't care. I don't have a science fiction, so you know me. I don't do. Well, mine is, I have a dystopian and... A funny mystery. I'm doing two today since we're a person short. It is up to you. Mine is. Why How about if I do mine? one and then you do one and then I'll do another one? Okay, sounds good. All right. Well, I wanted to talk about comic relief very first. Because everyone needs some comic relief. That's right. You know, I was thinking about this. I was, I was, I was having this conversation with myself. Most girls, women my age. When they do relaxing, mindless fiction, they tend to go for romance novels or Sandra Brown or, you know. Who's Sandra Brown? Um, is it Sandra Brown? What type of book Danielle Steele. Oh, okay. You know, that kind of right. stuff. And I do not, never have been into mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But what I do like is humor. Humor's I like humor and I like mystery. So when you put those two together, I'm all about that. Sort of like with M.C. Beaton's uh, Hamish Macbeth. Yes. Only since I had enjoyed that so much, I sort of had been putting feelers out for other things that I could read that have the humor element. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the library, I found um, an East Indian detective novel, which, and his name is Vishpuri. The mm-hmm. detective itself. The The guy's name is Tarkin Hall. And Vishpuri is the detective's name. Actually, I had read another book from him. And I don't remember the name of the first one that I read. Tarkin it, Hall is the, is the author? Tarkin Hall is the, uh, is the author. And the author, okay. Yeah. Vishpuri is the detective. detective's name. Okay. And, I, of course, I listen to audiobooks. One of the reasons I fell in love with it is because he has the East Indian accent. Mm-hmm. He and read the book in it? What? He read the book on the audio tape in it? Oh, he didn't, but somebody who okay. has the accent read it. 
When I was listening to Kite Runner, I liked that. Yes. It, like it, that it, was... it makes it feel like vacation. It makes you feel like you're in <laughs> India. Mm-hmm. And there are very specific vocal ticks and twists that people who are Indian that speak English have. And I had a really good friend, as a matter of fact, have a really good friend who I lived. Um, we were neighbors in Houston when we lived there. And so I got to learn a lot about India and all of the different traditions and their food and all of those sorts of things when I got to know her. And she talked like that. She had that same accent and those same... So that made you think of your friend. Right. So when I picked up the book, I was like, yeah, I'm right here. I feel that. When I was going through looking for something else the other day, I ran across his second book, which is called The Case of the Deadly Butter Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know right away from the name of the book that it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And true to form, it was very fun. Because they're at this banquet, and it's a banquet that involves, there are cricket players there. I, for the life of me, do not remember what the hell the banquet was for. I just remember that at the banquet, someone gets poisoned with the butter chicken, which is what everyone is eating at the banquet. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he's uh, the soccer player's dad that gets bumped off. And of course, Vishpuri is at the banquet. So that's how he gets brought into the story. And it's basically, I thought it was really interesting because it was a fairly intricate plot, really. Uh, It goes back in time, even to bring in um, his mother. His mother actually ends up getting involved and actually does a good bit of the solving herself, which, of course, pisses him off to no end. (laughs) (laughs) But I think one of the fun things about this particular detective is he has nicknames for all of his crew, you'd call it. um, One of the particularly good-looking girls in his... I think she was his secretary or something in the first one he calls her face cream because she's beautiful <laughs> so he calls her face cream and he calls That's so his not driver goes. He, he has all these cute little nicknames for all the people in his in his group and it's just so it's got that dry humor with slapstick combination that I, just cracks me up <laughs> i had such a good time reading it <laughs> you were reading when you uh Text me the hairy eye. No, the hairy eyeball. That was a, that was oh, a different okay. one. Because you know, after I had that taste of the humor, I had to go swing to the other side and grab mm-hmm. the Florida um, funny. Mm-hmm. Oh shoot! What's his name? Hold on. I headed right into another funny detective. Sort of. Det- I don't even know what the hell you call it. I need to find the first one of that before I can talk about it because the first one of that one. Okay, well, we don't have to talk about how. I was just right. wondering if that's Tim where Dorsey. you got yeah. hairy eye. No, the hairy eyeball came from that one. She texts me in the middle of the week and says something about, I just read something funny and it was called hairy eye. I'm like, okay, context. I don't know what hairy <laughs> eye means. <laughs> I was laughing and I, I tried to quote it and I didn't quote it very well. So she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, have you been drinking? <laughs> well, to be fair, I was at home and it was in the evening. <laughs> Did you take an Ambien before yeah, taking this? No. <laughs> so anyway, um, Tarkin Hall uh, from East from India. Excellent, funny vacation type stuff that would be just sort of a nice departure for 
something entertaining. And I'll leave it at that. It was excellent, but not a literary genius by any means. Just more like a fun read. Well, it's so. it's good to have fun reads every once in a while. Because when them. you start reading serious stuff all the time. Yeah, especially because you need the second one I'm going to talk about I read right before that, which we'll go into later. But first. My book? Because yes. mine was not funny at all. I read a book called The Man Without a Shadow by Jennifer Oates, I think it is. Hold on. I pulled it up. Joyce. Joyce Carol Oates. And this is about a man who, when he's 37 years old, he um, has an infection and develops a fever, and he has a high fever for a significant, significant amount of time, and it causes brain damage. And so he has lost his short-term memory, and he can only remember things for about 90 seconds, for, oh, wow. for only a couple of minutes. Now, if he's really focusing on something, he can remember what he's doing. But as soon as he loses focus, he doesn't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, they were doing this one experiment <clears throat> where he's he's counting and he counts up to like, I don't know, like 80 or 90. And then they ask him to look at this pier- this picture of like a pyramid or something and then ask him to continue counting. Well, he'd forgotten that he was even counting, mm-hmm. but only after he looked at the picture. Right, he could keep counting as long as he was focused as on long his as counting. He was counting. Right, but then the minute, he remembers the minute he's got ninety seconds away from whatever he's doing, he completely forgets not only where he w- was at, but that he was even counting at all. And rem- you're right, and he, you know, he won't remember the people that are in the room, so he knows he knows that something's wrong, and he doesn't know why he can't remember them because he doesn't remember. He vaguely remembers having. Because they had to do surgery to um, relieve the pressure on his brain. Mm-hmm. And he vaguely remembers the fever and having the surgery. Like he often thinks that he was in a fire and that's how he got brain damage. Mm. Because but, but he, he can wasn't remember being, because of the hot, because right. of the fever. He associates the hotness with a fire instead huh. of a fever. So, but before he um, had this brain damage, he was extremely smart. So anything before that, he remembers almost like, you know, he had done it the day before. Hmm. Like he can quote. So he has long term memory. Everything up until that point. Oh, up wow. until he's 37 years old. That would so suck. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's in this institution and they're doing experiments because they don't know a lot about. Is this a true story? You know, I try to look it up and I don't see where it's a true story. Because it sounds familiar. It's I, I saw I a documentary a... one time that was like the the man who mistook his hat for a something. The man. I'll have to look that up. But I it's... think there's similar um, plots, and there could be documentaries about it. Because I mean, yeah, it sounds familiar, but I don't remember. I mean, this is set back in. The late 60s, early 70s. So they didn't know a whole lot about Mm -hmm. brain injuries and brain trauma back then. So they do different tests to see what he can remember, what he can't. Was it written then too? Or was it written recently? No, it was written like in 2016. So um, 
So it was written fairly, yeah, 2016. It was written fairly recent. Mm-hmm. But um, this, it was interesting because I liked the science behind it. And what it, the story is about a young experimental uh, neuroscientist who comes in and she's only like 24 when she starts working there. Mm-hmm. And she starts working with this patient and um, forms like a connection with them. Like, almost like she's lonely, so she, like, creates, like, this friendship with him and treats him more like a person what, than what a lot of the other scientists are mm-hmm. do. And she's kind of a lone wolf in herself because there isn't a lot of neuroscientists who are female back then. A lot of them are male. Mm-hmm. So she, I, I don't know, she forms this relationship with him and... But it, wouldn't it kind of be one-sided, though? It's one-sided, but yet he can remember that he knows... Her. He can remember that he has a fondness for her, but he can't remember who she is. Hmm. It's like he remembers the emotion, but not the... That's hard. It's, yeah, it's very... Is it romantic? Well, it turned romantic about three, two-thirds way through the book, so... Kind of slowed down reading it because, (laughs) for one thing, I'm not huge on romance novels, and plus, it was just it was bordering on the wrong on just being wrong because she's she pretends to be his wife at one point, and he doesn't know it because he doesn't remember, and but he remembers that he has an emotional connection, so he asks her, "Are you my wife?" Why don't we live together? Why, you know, why, why, why? Does she tell him yes? And she tells him yes. And she makes up this stuff because she knows that he's not going to remember it. So it's just kind of. That kind of reminds me of, um, what was the name of that movie where the girl was in the, um, where she watches the guy get hit by the train or something and then she. She's a toll booth taker, and so she sees him every single day. And uh, then he while gets you hit were by, sleeping, yes, yes, he gets hit by mm-hmm. the train, and then, and but right, it's kind and of the she same. Tells concept. everybody that she's his wife until he wakes up. And well, she doesn't tell him. The nurse assume, tells him, and yeah. then she doesn't want to tell him the truth because they're so happy that yeah. she saved him and yeah. she wanted to see him because she had this like secret crush on him. But yeah. So anyway, sorry. Very chick flicky. Very yes. chick flicky. <laughs> but it's got Sandra me... Bullock in it, so I liked it. <laughs> that's what made me think that's sort of. Well, what, it's kind of like 51st States. You know, 51st States with um, right. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Right. Adam Sandler. <clears throat> right. Except that was extremely funny. Yeah. But this is. Uh, if a guy did the same thing that Sandra Bullock did, it would be super creepy. It would. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I true. agree. If it were flipped around, it would be way creepier. Yeah. And see, maybe that's where they were going with this. They thought maybe they could get away with it because it was a female doing it, but it still seemed, it kind of makes you question how close is too close when mm-hmm. you're in a doctor-patient scenario like that. But I mean, she worked with him for yeah, 30 you, years. Yeah. How do you oh, not wow. get attached yeah, see, that's after the, working that's with somebody thing. for you so long? I mean, you can't fault a human being for forming an attachment. You right. can't. right. It's just not, we're not machines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's an ethical issue, but. And, and see, just the attachment and the fact that she, you know, 
created this friendship with him. That's not what bothered me. Where it crossed the line, it's when she started lying about being his wife. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she actually even had sexual relations with him. Oh, wow. And, but I mean. Oh, come on, sexual relations. She had sex with a dude in the woods, okay, when Thank they were on you. a walk. Uh-huh. But I mean, she's but like, what are you <laughs> <laughs> I never had sexual relations with that man. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I couldn't let that go past. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm sorry, but it just kind of yeah. crossed the line. And mm. I, I was kind of waiting. There was also an element of a murder mystery because he has no memory, but he keeps drawing this picture of a river with um, a dead child hmm. laying in the river. So I thought maybe it would make a twist into like a murder mystery, but it didn't. Hmm. So, so, I mean, was I'm, it a, was it a red herring? What? I don't know what child, you mean. Oh, meaning a, a red herring is like a false trail that's created to make you think that it's something else when it really it, doesn't have the same, it doesn't have any connection to the story at all. It could be. If there's a connection, I haven't come to it yet because I'm only three-fourths way. I didn't quite finish it all the oh, way because okay. like I said, I slowed down and started reading something else when it started taking uh, a romantic <laughs> twist. <laughs> I mean, I'm still reading it, but then it's just kind of, well, you know. Well, maybe it'll have a super duper awesome twist at the end and then you can come back and tell us whether or not you recommend it. Maybe. If you finish it. But just, like I said, I liked the element of the um, science, the scientific part of this with a man without a memory and the tests that they do. But the, and the question, the way that it makes you question how close is too close and you want to treat this person like a person, but not get emotionally involved with them. That's hard. Yeah. Which is difficult. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. I Especially mean, after 30 years working with the same person every single day. Yeah. Now does the story follow over that whole time? Mm-hmm. It pretty much, I mean, it skips ahead quite a bit. Right. But yeah. It follows pretty much the whole huh. the whole time. And she, Joyce Carol Joyce Oates, is a very prolific and award winning writer. Right. And the writing was great. If the writing wasn't good, then I, I would have stopped a long time ago. I've never read anything by her before, but <clears throat> she she does mainly a really because good job. you always it you always see a description of her work as poignant or you know, and anytime it says poignant, I'm like, no. Heartbreaking? No. <laughs> nope, not going there. Not interested. I don't need to be depressed on my own time. Thank well, you very much. You know, I do like yeah, those heartbreaking yeah, ones a little bit more than you do. But she has a great way of pulling the emotions out of you when you're reading her writing. So, yeah. And that, I like that. I, I mean. You can have them all. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I do like the funny too, but you know. Yeah. I have to have that little bit of, I guess, drama in my books. So long as it's not romantic drama, drama queen drama. <laughs> Josh is just in there shaking his head. <laughs> Sorry. Like, whatever you it. do. <laughs> it's not totally a chick flick. I mean, you have some, you know, brain injuries going on and yeah, that, some scientific stuff. That kind of just screams chick flick. It just kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like the whole I've, thing. I've had a really it's hard okay. time. You're a chick. You can, you can get away with it. I've had a really hard time finding a book that I like. 
I I mean, I've been in a slump. All right, so title and artist of your book again for those people wanting to read about brain injuries. <laughs> <laughs> the Man Without a Shadow by Joyce Carol Oates. And, I mean, like I said, I don't like that it took the romantic twist, but I think I would probably still give it a four out of five because it was good writing. And I enjoyed it until I was up to the romantic part. Hold on, I want to... Man. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of romance. No, I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm usually not. Well, sometimes. Depends. It okay, really just here depends it is. on yes, my mood. Yes, yes, The man who mistook his wife for a hat. Uh, it is That's a what documentary. it was called. What? It's a documentary. Uh, Documentary. I think it might have actually been a book. It's, yep. Uh, yep. It's a case study on patients, so it's it's more than one patient. Mm. I knew I had heard something about that, and with a title like that, you can't forget it. You know right. what I mean? Well, I read it because of the title. I thought yeah. the title was kind of cool, yeah. and for some reason, I like there, to speaking read of, about speaking brain of injuries. weird titles. Josh, um, there is a book that I read recently. I, I didn't finish it because it was making my mind go in circles, <laughs> which. It, there are certain books that you cannot listen to on audio. Yeah. Because they're too confusing. You have to have it in front of you so you can go slow. And it was called The Man in the Empty Suit. And it reminded me very much, almost too much, of The uh, Man Who Folded Himself. Oh, very cool. It, it had, it, it was all of that time travel stuff uh-huh. of meeting himself coming and going. Very cool. And yeah. So I stopped reading it, but I wanted to recommend that you read it. Very cool. I will. The Man in the Empty Suit? Yep. Who is it? Um, I did not write it down, oh. but I'll look it up for you later. All right. Last but not least, and there's a reason that I went to this place. And the reason is there is a series on... I want to say it's on Hulu. Now I'm going to have to look it up. The Handmaid's Tale. By oh, it's Margaret, on Netflix. By Margaret Atwood. I've, I've, they have the previews up. I haven't watched it, but. I have heard about this book and I really, honestly, I thought I had read it. I really did. It's one of those things that I can't explain where I'm absolutely certain I've read something and then I haven't. I went to read it again and then realized I had never read it. Um, it is really freaking creepy. I mean, creepy to the point of when I finished reading it, I went into one of those funks. Mm. So incredibly well written. <laughs> I've read a bunch of stuff by, by Margaret Atwood over the years. Oryx and Crake was incredible. I need to read that again so I can review it because it was so intricate and incredible. But we'll get to that later. So that's why I went back again um, when I heard that they were doing the series on Netflix. I wanted to revisit it. And basically what it's about is, well, first of all, let me let me recount the first part of the book, because that's where it really hit me in the nuts. Excuse me, but it really did. The lady nuts. Okay, This girl goes to the bank to get some money out. And she's told that her account has been frozen and that she's not allowed to access her money. 
If she wants to, she could ask her husband to access her money, but she's not allowed to get it. And that's how it begins. And that's how the whole thing begins. Begins small, but what happens is little by little, the woman's rights are completely stripped away from her. And pretty soon before you know it, because she's fertile, she is taken and held hostage, held prisoner to become a breeder. And it's very religious. It's got this, it's got very religious overtones. And you see her, I say see her because I'm envisioning her. Long before I saw all these visions on the previews and everything like that, I could envision this outfit that she was wearing because it made me think of a nun because mm-hmm. she talks about the wings and she, she isn't able to see next to her because she's wearing this thing on her head like a bonnet or a wimple or, you know, a nun's thing where she can't see to the side of her. She has to turn her head clear around if she wants to talk to someone. And they're not supposed to talk to each other. Hmm. Like she has blinders. They're so controlled to the point where they're not, they can't even talk to the other girls of their kind. And they have to wear red, which is a significant color because they're breeders. That's the color of breeders is red. Right. Um, And the women who are the, I can't remember what they call it, but the wives that they are in servitude to, who are infertile, basically, um, are the wives of the generals and and the captains or whatever. And they are basically a surrogate of the wife. So when when the captain or corporal, I can't remember what they call them now. I'm sorry I didn't make notes, but I obviously was very emotional about reading this. During the sex act, the wife sits in a chair above her with her legs splayed so that the, the breeder sits in between her legs and the, the, the parent, the... Wife is above her, right? Holding onto her hands. And the guy flips up her dress on the bottom and mates with her, basically. Because it's a symbolic thing that he's mating with his wife when he's actually mating with the breeder. I know. Bonnie's giving me this look like, oh my God, are you I think I'm giving me? you the hairy eye right now. The hairy eyeball is coming out in you, girl. <laughs> yes. And hmm. I was just breathless. I mean, from the standpoint of being a woman and the way it starts out, I mean, I can't imagine going to the bank and being told, you can't have any of your money because it now belongs to your husband. You don't have any rights. You're not allowed to do anything that you do now because you're not a person So anymore. was she actually married? Yes, she when was she married. became a breeder, and, she, and she was got married taken and from her had husband. a child, and they took her child from her. And God knows what happened to her husband. She doesn't even know what happened to him. They Did tried she know to what run away. To her child? They t- no, they took her child. They had to run. They had to run away. They were going to run away, and when they went to run away, they were found out, and then at the border they were found out because they tried to leave the United States and when they got to the border 
she and her child went one direction and the dad went the other direction and they chased her down, took her child and then took her to become a breeder. Yeah. And she was like 30 years old and married when this happened to her. So why at 30 did they just decide that she was going to be a breeder? They knew she was fertile because she had a child. And was she was the still child was, was the child that young that they knew that she just had it? Or how old no, was the, the child? No, the child was like, I don't know, three or four, So then five? it just took the government four or five years to catch up that she was a breeder? No, that's when it happened. It happened like little by little, but rather quickly, really, when they were able to overrule the Constitution and this group renamed the United States. God damn, I can't think of what the name of the United States was. I want to say Gideon, but that's not right. But anyways, they renamed. Anyway, anyway, they renamed the United States and this sect of religious people, basically, took took over over the United States and made new laws. So that's why she was 30 by the time all of this happened. No, it happened like... Like it was today, like somebody, somebody took over today and took my bank account today and I would be removed from my husband and put wherever they want to put me because I'm a woman. And because my husband is not a part of that religious group, he would be either removed and if he didn't cooperate, they would kill him. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So they basically assign you to whatever group they feel you belong in. So there were people like her mother who was sent to do cleanup work, like removing dead bodies and, you know, just the nastiest, most horrible work you can imagine because she wasn't useful in any way anymore. So if you weren't a a breeder, then you weren't useful. You were either a slave, a wife, or a cleanup person. Huh. Now for me, I'm not fertile anymore. So what would happen to me? You'd be on a cleanup crew. Yep. So, but this was just for like the lower class people because you said like the generals, they were surrogates for like general class. not necessarily lower class. People who were a part of that sect, of that group. So if you were part of the religion, then you were. Yeah. And you were like at the top of the food chain. The Jews were out, you know, the Catholics were out. But the, the interesting thing to me wasn't just the story. After the story was finished, which was horrible in itself, and I was incensed for every moment that I was reading it, <laughs> I was angry the whole time. And I, it, was, it was disbelief. And I think it was the way that she went about it in the beginning, the way that she put you into the story. You know, it's one thing reading about something on the outside, but to put you in it like that. Mm-hmm. After the story was over, the author came on and in her own voice explained why she picked the elements in the book that she had. She used actual things that had happened at one point or another in history, in different countries and in the U.S. from her to put her book together. It was all stuff that had happened. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely freaking breathless book. Hmm. Especially if you're a woman if you have not read this thing, you have got to read it. And I know that stuff goes like, I know it's going on in other countries. I know that there are Muslim women who have absolutely no rights whatsoever to their own bodies or their own thoughts. And it's horrifying to me 
it's horrifying that when you go to Saudi Arabia, you're not allowed to drive a car. You could be arrested and thrown in jail and killed for driving a freaking car. Did you know that, Josh? I did not. Yeah. Yeah. I know that my my dad's Air Force and he's been to Saudi Arabia and they would tell the female office or female, you know, officers or other soldiers just not to even leave the base because and he said that they told them that if they left the base, make sure and be back by specific times because they, you know, <clears throat> how they talk about the religious police that mm-hmm. if you don't bow at yeah. whenever they're supposed to bow to, is it Allah? They have five times a day they pray. They will beat you with a stick. Yeah. Wow. And, and the religious and, police can stop you on the street in Saudi Arabia if you are not covered properly yeah. and beat you in public. Mm-hmm. And they No matter where you're from. Yeah, they don't care where you're wow. from. They don't care if you're a visitor from another. Now you, Josh, they wouldn't blink twice at you. You can because wear whatever the, whatever the hell you want. <laughs> no, we're not being mean to you because you're a guy. We're not, really. We just had some real female was, books today. Well, this yeah. was the book that I picked to do this week when we already had female a full people. female cast. Yeah. So I apologize in advance for having to throw that at it's you. Okay. But it's good to get a male's perspective of these kind of things. Yeah. You're not going to hurt our feelings. You say, right on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing was, is her I saw husband, that hairy eye. <laughs> her husband didn't react the way she thought he would. Really? When she was being taken from him? Well, or whenever no, he, when, when, they, when it the first began. Was he not? He just wasn't as freaked out as she was. Mm. Maybe well, because he didn't it have wasn't to deal with much, as much. Well, it wasn't hitting him as hard. I mean, right, I know his wife had to deal with it. Right, because it had lost control of what, had, what right. was happening to him. He wasn't the one that had to stay at home and not work. Now, she had to be in the house all the time. And he was like, oh, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, because it and then as it got worse and worse, then he started to get freaked out. But it just goes to show you that when things change, they change so gradually sometimes mm-hmm. that the people that aren't being directly affected by it are the ones who, because they say nothing and do nothing, are causing a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Remember that one part of the book of that? Remember when I was reading about the World War II little girl who was blind in France? Yep. That her grandmother told her when she was trying to explain to her how the Nazi, how that happened, yep. is um, she said, well, think about it like when you're you're boiling a frog. You can't throw the frog into the boiling water because then it's going to jump right out. But if you put the frog in cold water and gradually turn up the heat, the frog doesn't realize it until it's too late. Hmm. And that's exactly what happened because... Obviously, if you're going to try to take over the United States and do it by force, it's not going to work. Right. But if you do it gradually. But if you infiltrate and you gradually change the laws and and make it so that women aren't able. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to draw a parallel here and talk about what it's like to suddenly have a man tell you what to do with your body. Yeah. To tell you that you have to carry a child to term. Or that you have to do anything specific with your body. It's sort of like, it's always bothered me that they could tell you who to have sex with. And I'm not a Mm -hmm. gay person. 
But the idea that they were able to come into your bedroom and arrest you for having sex with somebody. And they used to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. They you, did do there that. There are still sodomy laws on the books in the United States. Mm-hmm. Whose business is it of anyone's where you stick it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. That's nobody's freaking business. Mm-hmm. It's not. No, I mean, and there so are certain as... things that are no one's business, and I don't care what religion you're from. Now, and there are certain just... things that are just not okay, and being and having your rights taken away from you is not okay. Now, and what just floors me is that these people, most of the time, they're not bothering anybody. I, I mean, they just want to live their own life. They want to love whoever they want to love, mm-hmm. and it's not like they try to push their lifestyle on anybody else. But yet everybody else is trying to push their lifestyle on them. I mean, so long as I was just having this conversation with my son, it's like, so long as they're not bothering me, I I don't care what they do. Well, if it doesn't affect me, then what does it matter? Right. Well, and there are some people that the whole morality issue, you know, the whole idea that what you're doing is immoral. And I tell you what. After you read a book like that, it's just like, it just freaks you out so bad, especially because we have so many rights. You know, we really are so fortunate here in the United States to have the ability to work and the ability to have a voice where there are so many women who have no voice and who are not able to stand up and make comments at all without being arrested, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. So it's our job. I feel like it's our job to speak because we can speak. Mm-hmm. Because other people can't. But, you know, there's a lot more advocates over in the, you know, Muslim nations. And there everything. are now I've than watched there a used lot to be. Yeah. Because, you know, I watch documentaries all the time because I love them. <laughs> and I've watched a few about women yeah. who are trying to change the way things are done over there. But when you have the law against you, it's so much more difficult. Well, I, I mean, the law was against us at one time, and yeah, it just and you took, just got to keep working. You for have it. to, mm-hmm. you just have to work towards it, and it's really nice to see that they are. Well, here's here's the the final word I have on this: resist, resist. <laughs> Wish you could see my fists right now because they're clenched. <laughs> All right. Let's okay. talk about something more fun. Now. Are you off your high horse? Oh now? wait, uh, Margaret Atwood. The Handmaid's Tale, and it is obviously being turned into a series right now, which will also put you on the same page as me if you happen to look at it, because it will freaking freak you out. I don't know if I want to watch it now. It's going to freak you out. I will promise you that. Speaking of new series, though, uh, did you watch American Gods? I can't. Why? Because I don't have stars. Ah. (laughs) Well, if you have the internet and don't mind... uh, Bending a couple laws, you can watch it for free. Did you Hello. hear? Yes. Josh, you're going to have to give me some uh, details on that okay. a little later. Speaking of which, did you hear that somebody s- stole the Orange is the New Black <gasps> series and was holding it for ransom? I did. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Season that was on the news this morning. Being held for huh. ransom right uh-huh. now. That's they cool. said they were going to release it if they didn't, if they didn't pony up. Well, and, they you know, did. They and, released it online. You can watch it illegally online through this one side. I don't know what side it was, though. Nah, I'll wait. But yeah, I'll wait for it to come on Netflix. I'll, I'll be You guys don't like to live? Well, yeah, huh. of course we like to live, but I mean, well, I don't like it when anybody takes anything hostage. It's a principle of the thing. Right. And, I mean, you know, 
I'm now when it comes to American Gods, I have got to see that because yeah. I'm a huge Neil Gaiman fan yeah. and I love. Did you read the, the book? book American Gods? Yes, yeah. I did. That was a good book. It was good. Aside from the uh, kind of unnecessarily explicit scenes that kind of popped up out of nowhere, uh, I loved it. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I saw the previews and mm-hmm. uh, talk about bloody, holy yeah. Is it buckets bloody? of blood. Yeah. 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 It's it's not a nice book. Now what's it's a it good about? Book. Is it is American it about Gods? Like- uh, it's mainly about um, kind of old deities throughout the world's history. You know how many gods there've been throughout history? Just like yeah. thousands of them, mm-hmm. and it's about how they're still alive. But they're kind of just withering away because no one believes because, them. right because nobody believes them anymore. And and there's mm-hmm. new gods that come in and uh, push the old gods right out. like information and um, like technology and you know stuff like that. And they're super powerful because I mean they're being worshipped like like hell every mm-hmm. day in the world. Um, yeah, but it's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another great one. To I might have to. stars actually. I'll have to look and see. If I'm coming stars. over. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that tonight. Actually, is that I'm on Cox Cable? It. Stars? Is that yeah. one of their usual ones? Stars Maybe. is usually a pay. It's channel. usually an extra. Hmm. I hate it when they do that. And there's something out. Um, Eleven twenty two sixty three is out on Hulu. Who pays for Hulu? Come on. You can always like sign up for the the free trial period yeah, and just Yeah, but then you only get it. one or two episodes and then they trick you into buying it anyway. Damn it. Oh. First world problem. Or you okay, find well, I'm about to alleviate all it. these problems for you. You just Tell have to, me later. You Don't just tell have to, me No, on... not on here. You just have to close out of a couple pop-ups oh. every time. Oh, That's shit. It. I don't mind pop-ups. Josh has got us. He's going to give us away. He's got a back door. <laughs> yeah, I kind of grew up with the internet. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're old. We don't know how to do that shit. I'm okay with the back door. <laughs> oh, dude. Wow. I was talking about the internet. Sure. Gosh. Why do you sure. make everything I say today dirty? <laughs> <laughs> Martha, I think I know where your mind is. Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, her husband is out of town. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. again. Oh, well. Do we need to stop and get batteries for you on the way home? <laughs> <laughs> I go through those things so quickly. <laughs> He's just about got the estate dealt with, though, so don't have to deal with that anymore. That's good. All right. Next week, we have no idea what's going to happen. No, hopefully there won't hopefully be any. Hopefully we won't have another perfect fires, storm. Fires, floods. But it is severe weather season, so hold on to your butts, people. You never know what's going to happen in Oklahoma. We could have we could have a tornado between now and then. We just don't know. Or more snow. Or more snow. snow. No, we're not panhandle. having snow here. That's we're snow in the panhandle. Yeah. yeah. Well, not here. Practically Colorado up there. Practically. <laughs> <laughs> we're practically Texas down here. Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, you that. shouldn't say that. Okay, we're right in the middle of Oklahoma, okay, people? Don't send hate mail. I'm not a true Okie, so I can say shit like that. Okay. All right. So next week, we will see you in the same place at the similar time. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) If nothing horrible happens. And that's going to do it for Three Three Book Book Girls. Girls. And Josh. And Josh.